Once again, we want to welcome you. Thank you for uh, joining with us this morning. Those of you that are watching online, it's good to have you with us as well. Uh, we have been in a series over Lent about uh, renovation, and we're equating uh, the renovation of a house or a, or a kitchen or a bedroom with the spiritual renovation that often the Holy Spirit asks us to do, to be in, in a deeper relationship with, with God. For all of us, I don't care how long you've been following God, we all have uh, things that we we need to surrender to him. And he's ever, uh, he's always beckoning us forward for that. And we've gone through the whole uh, process of, of sort of making this decision that we, we have to change something and then tearing old structures down, building up, wiring the building so it's connected and ready to, to live in. And this morning we're moving to that stage of uh, we're, we're nearing completion and in order to move in you have to clean up after the mess right with all the dust and everything else and the wire clippings and the, the pieces of drywall that are laying around you have to you have to clean up in order to make it a home and make it livable again and the way we're equating that with our, our spiritual life is it's not enough to just recognize that God is calling us to a deeper relationship. Over Lent, we've been encouraging you to spend time sort of holding the mirror up to yourself and, and spending time in prayer and listening for his voice and his proddings of where you might want to go and change. And it's not enough to say, okay, God, I got you, and then not do anything about it, right? What, what we hope that we're all able to do is to hear the voice of God and then move forward. And part of that is, is asking forgiveness for what was to clear the way for what can be. We are cleaned by the blood of Jesus Christ in, in the Christian church. And we're going to use Psalm 51 as our text this morning, a Psalm of David. And it says this. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just, for I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to, to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves, and then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You don't desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You don't want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. 
Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifice offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So David uh, sharing with us just this this idea that in order to have a, a, a life connected with God, a perfect, holy, loving God, that we as sinful people, there has to be a change that happens. We talk about that being the, a decision for salvation or a conversion that happens. It, it, it's an act of will on our part. God has given us an invitation. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, program us into loving him. He gives us that ability to choose that. And in doing that, as we look upon him and see who he is and recognize how far we are from that, the only thing that we can do in response is ask for him to do something for us that we can't do for ourselves. To cleanse us of our sin. And that's exactly what he did through his son, Jesus Christ. As Jesus came to earth and and walked this earth and showed us what God looks like and how he acted and who he loved and how he loved. He was punished for that on a cross. He became the payment for our sins. He did nothing wrong. As he was nailed to that cross, he was taking the punishment for our sin. And so as we give ourselves to him by faith, we are made clean as well. Our sins are forgiven. They're washed away. We're made whiter than snow. We are equipped for now for a relationship with a holy, perfect God and able to join in as heirs to the kingdom in working the plan of salvation that he has for the world. This gift of salvation is not something that we just own ourselves. It's not just a personal decision for Jesus. It's a corporate calling into sharing the word of God with everyone. Go into all the world, making disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them all the things that I've taught you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Too many times we forget that it's not just about God loving us, that the best way for us to show that we understand and appreciate God's love for us is then to turn around and share that with others. And, and sometimes in the, in the American church, we forget that God's not an American, right? And, and that his love, and I know it's surprise, he's not Republican either, but... Uh, <laughs> But God loves the world, right? And so many times we sort of base our experience of, of, of God and his work and his calling on our experience here. Um, this morning, I have one of my friends from uh, seminary uh, here. His name's Gene Hall. Uh, many of you were able to meet him about a year and a half ago when he was here with his wife, Minori. Uh, and they are... Uh, uh, 
uh, they are missionaries in Japan. And so he is spending the weekend with us and is going to share with us. And in that, what, I'm, what, I'm, what, what our, our aim is, our goal out of our conversation today is that it would remind you of the calling God has on you, uh, that you would be encouraged, uh, that even in places that we don't think of as Christian spaces, that God is at work doing amazing things and that you're a part of that. This church has outreach programs. In Acts, it, uh, we're, we're, we're told to, to take the, the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world, uh, to the ends of the earth. We support the ends of the earth through many missions. We have several missions that this church supports. Gina Minoria are one of those. And so gifts that go to that. And by the way, afterwards, if you want to give a gift, if you just designate that as Japan, we direct those dollars to uh, that ministry. But you, we have a part in what God is doing, even in different places. Gene's a part of a different denomination. He's a, a free Methodist. Uh, they don't pass the offering plate. No, that's not what it's about. <laughs> He's from the free Methodist church. We're a united Methodist. And, but it doesn't matter what denominational tag we are, right? What's important is that we serve a loving God who wants to make heaven crowded. And so uh, would you help me in welcoming Gene Hall for... Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here. <laughs> and uh, Gene, Gene and I met at seminary, and uh, we played a lot of basketball together in between classes and stuff, and, and got to be uh, good friends there. Um, uh, Gene, uh, we're, I'm, I'm just going to sort of MC this a little bit, but and Brooklyn back there, Brooklyn, um, can you put up that family picture? Thank you. And uh, just tell us a little bit about your, your family and... Well, again, uh, it's great to be here at First Church in Kerrville. Um, I want to say to Pastor Dave, thank you so much for receiving a free Methodist. So, <laughs> he's got such a big heart. <laughs> I pastored in the United Methodist Church for 20 years, and then God redirected us. That's, he does that sometimes. So we're part of the same family, in case you wondered. Um, really quickly, I also want to say... Um, as, as David had mentioned, this is our second time in Kerrville. We came in November last time. This time, it's spring. So it's amazing to see the blue bonnets out and, and to enjoy some sunshine. Not only did we make it out to Enchanted Rock yesterday, a beautiful drive, but we also got to walk the river here, the whole trail out to the university. Yeah, I was scorched, like a major sunburn, but <laughs> it's all good because I got my steps in, all 13,000 of them. Yeah. I do want to introduce my better half, and I truly mean that. Uh, this is Minori. She's back home holding down the fort in Japan where we make our home. We today, March 26th, are celebrating our 29th anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. I'd like to take credit for that, but she stuck with me. That's, <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to that. Um, and thankfully, you might be proud of me. I'm proud of myself. I, was, I remember, first of all, I remember the anniversary. That's always a good start, especially when you're at a distance. Second thing is uh, Amazon exists in Japan. So I was able to send a nice gift to her. And I checked my, my account this morning, and it was received. At least it was delivered to the door. Whether she got it, she didn't mention it. 
It's kind of strange, huh? So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the kid next door snagged on it. I don't know. It was a good gift. Uh, anyway, I am so grateful uh, to be able to, even at a distance, celebrate 29 years with my wife. Next to me there is our daughter, Mika. She will be 22 next month. She makes her home in Prescott, Arizona. She's a social worker. She's loving life. She's got a husky and two cats. And I hope I can, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to book an Airbnb when I see her Holy Week. That's all I got to say. I love the animals, but I can't sleep with them. Um, our son, Ewal, uh, to, on, on the side of my wife, he is just, he has just turned 21. And um, he moved just about six months ago down to Prescott to be near his sister. So it gives us a peace of mind being 6,000 miles away from our children that they're supporting and looking after one another. So that's my family. All right. Thank you. Hey, Brooklyn, next picture. Um, tell us about where you are in Japan and... Sure, a little sure. bit about the city, yeah. Okay, so when we first moved to Japan uh, four years ago, nearly four years ago, we made our home in Tokyo, where our son finished high school. After he was done, we were empty nesters like, Yahoo, we can move anywhere. So we moved down to my, um, my wife's hometown of Osaka, Osaka metropolitan area, um, if you include Kyoto, Kobe, and Nara, is roughly 19, it's a little over 19 million people. So there's a few people scurrying about there, and uh, <laughs> it's fun to drive, let me tell you, it's great. Uh, narrow roads, and but good drivers, good drivers. Um, we have 20 free Methodist churches in this metropolitan area. We have visited every one of them. We're now on our second uh, tour around to these churches. Um, sometimes we preach. Um, this next time around, I'm requesting that I can just share my testimony because that's a simple way to connect. But mostly we want to encourage the pastors. Um, in Japan, it's 0.05% Christian. So out of 127 million, that's rough, less than 500,000 believers that, um, that are in a church any given week. And that's Catholic and Protestant combined. So um, it's kind of a discouraging place to follow the Lord. Um, so we need a lot of encouragement. That's what we try to do. We also preach at one of the bishop's churches there every two months, and we do training in his church. He's a phenomenal leader, and we're just delighted to be a part of multiplying leaders there in Japan. And, and then part of that, it's, it's not just your teaching that is your mission. You're, you're training up other leaders. Right? Right, so, right. Yeah. So tell absolutely. us about that, uh, that next slide, Brooklyn. So I had mentioned that we're part of the Free Methodist World Missions. I know in the United Methodist Church, there's the global ministry, right? That you would go, it used to be Atlanta, Emory, and be trained for a year, then be sent anywhere. Free Methodist Church is a little different. You feel a call to ministry. You, you apply, they receive you, they train you, and then they send you where you feel called or where somebody calls you and you feel um, a confirmation of that call. Our role is Gethsemane Leadership Training. That's the educational arm of our organization. Uh, <clears throat> the GLT is um, the ordination track for our leaders. In Southeast Asia, nearly everyone is... Uh, neither has the means nor the opportunity to get a Bible school education, not along a uh, seminary education. So we bring that to them. 
Uh, we have 12 required modules th that they would take. And if they're on, on the or ordination track, um, they'll, they'll study and take one of those modules at a time every three months over a period of three years. At the end of that three years, they can be ordained. But part of it is mentoring and, and we're looking for qualifications and character as part of, uh, of the full package in their calling. Okay. Uh, show that map, Brooklyn. We're in 21 countries in Asia. Um, I work primarily in Central Southeast Asia, Nepal, Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, and Myanmar. So that's where my focus has been the last four years. Um, you know, there, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of churches and leaders um, that are just, um, the, the gospel is multiplying. Hearts, hearts are open. People are risking sometimes their well-being and even incarceration to share the gospel. There's a woman in, in um, oh, I almost said the name of the country, which I probably shouldn't, but simply to invite her neighbors to a Bible study, um, she's been arrested at least two or three times. Her neighbors arrest her. <laughs> they, she invites them to the Bible study. They don't like that. And they call the cops. The cops go and arrest her because that's illegal to do. So um, they're putting their life on the line. Um, but, but God is at work and they're willing to count the cost and own, own their faith. So you're offering a seminary sort of an ordination seminary tract for these these leaders that are emerging, right? Yeah. And, and uh, the thing I found remarkable when we were talking is, uh, like, to go to a seminary in the United States, it's like $1,200 a class, right? Uh, it's like sending your kids to college. But over there, they're able to... Uh, to do these modules and a year's worth of modules for a three-year pro, they can do that for three hundred dollars a person, which which makes that available and that's travel and the whole nine yards, everything yeah, yeah. for them. Yeah. So for three hundred dollars a year, one one pastor in the making, we 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 uh, cover their travel, their accommodations, their food, their materials, and the the cost of training. So it's, you know, it's a real blessing. You know, that's something they can never afford because they'd probably have to uproot and go to another country. And so put that uh, next picture up, Brooklyn. Tell like your strategy or how, how, how you all work. My strategy, watch Spurs all the time and get the highlights. <laughs> that's why Dave and I are such good friends. I tell people, you know, I'm rooting for the Spurs because my Sonics left Seattle years ago. They went to some place in Oklahoma, right? No, no. And then I say I'm not bitter, which it's obvious I am. So I'm working through that. That's why today we're cleaning house, right? No, no. So let's get back to business here. Um, we really view ourselves as player coaches. Uh, my wife and I have 30 years of ministry and life experience. And we've been invited to uproot and, and be in Asia and pour our lives in our ministry experience into the lives of these leaders. And it's really such a blessing. I, I, we feel like we were wired for this, especially for this season in our lives. Okay. Yeah, put that next, next Brooklyn. So we have a tagline, because everyone who is trying to move forward has a tagline, something to focus them, keep them on the straight and narrow. Ours is, can you help me out here? To develop faithful leaders who develop faithful leaders. Yeah, you like that? 
<laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, well, I'd like to take credit, but I stole it from the Apostle Paul. He wrote that a few years ago, like maybe a couple thousand years ago, to his young protege, Timothy. It's 2 Timothy 2.2, I believe we have, there we go. Uh, can we read this together? Ready, begin. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will be, will be qualified to teach others. Beautiful job. That was in unison. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, two things I'd like to point out. One is we entrust our work to reliable people. That we're pouring our lives into reliable people who um, have a call. They have the competencies. And then, and then they have this passion to step out in faith and follow the Lord. And then the second thing is they are qualified. That's the character component. So call... Uh, competency and then character thankfully God calls us like when he called me I was oh man I don't know if I you know I could tell stories but well we'll leave that with between the Lord and whomever <laughs> but um, we're, we're all different maturity levels when the Lord calls us right amen but he he meets us there and brings us along and takes us where he wants us to be so that's what we do we we recognize there's a call and the quali- um, and and the competency but we also make sure that character is tracking alongside in tandem so that they will be qualified to teach others so this is the work we invest ourselves in great and um, so let's let's tell some stories about sure. your work right okay. how about nepal that, that next picture um all right so here's some of our young leaders in nepal the uh this is almost a year ago last may um i was in nepal for the first time in person i've trained online for quite a while on zoom but this is the first time once everything opened up we could return to asia um, this group here, along with about a little over 50 other leaders gathered in Kathmandu, um, just last year alone in, in Nepal, they planted 50 house churches and um, led 800 people to faith in Christ. And yeah, yeah, we're so, we're so amazed by that and so grateful. That brings the total number of churches in Nepal to 350. And the membership to roughly 16,000 people in Nepal. It's just really blowing up there, the gospel. Cool. And, and uh, you were telling me yesterday of another church start in uh, Cambodia. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. Cambodia. So um, I just received a text from the superintendent in Cambodia. And um, they planted 12 churches last year. They're a, they're, they're a smaller country in regards to the size. But they planted 12 churches. They are just, they just sent out a team to plant a new church in a remote village. Two pastors are going and two up-and-coming Bible students are going. Um, and he said, please pray for a person of peace and a house of peace. And what, that's their strategy for evangelism. They go to a village. They identify one person who's open to the gospel. They share the gospel. They may not step into faith, but they're very open to the message and very warm. They say, may we use your home as home base in this village. If they say yes, that establishes a work. They, they stay there for a number of months. They invest in that family. And then they begin to evangelize that village. That's how they grow the church. That's how they evangelize and multiply. 
and it's it's great. You know, 12 last year. This is the first uh, this year. I don't think it's the first this year. I don't know how the update on that, but um, this is this is the continued work there. And this is pr- pretty much the strategy throughout Southeast Asia as far as multiplying churches. Okay. And uh, Brooklyn, if you go down two pictures, there's a picture with three people. And I think that's Thailand. All right, yeah. Thailand is our very smallest work, 10 churches, but it's our fastest growing work. And um, there's a number of reasons, but two of the reasons are Pastor Penn, uh, the woman on my right from this side, would that be your left? <laughs> Bad with directions. And uh, that's why I use GPS. And then uh, Pastor Sawal Root, he's an attorney, but he pastors and he does this online ministry, counseling ministry. These are very passionate, gifted folks. Um, last year, they decided together, they were coming up with a strategy um, to, to reach out and share the gospel. So they said, well, why don't we contact a local school and see if, they, if we can just come serve a meal to them? They did. They served this wonderful meal. Students came, faculty came, even parents came. They shared the gospel at this meal. 58 people came to Christ. Yeah, and they come up with these, you know, creative ideas kind of outside of the box. They try them. They try them, and God blesses. Um, then Salah Root um, had a call from a woman who was ill, had, had, um, had cancer. He went and prayed for her. Um, she went into remission. She still has cancer, but she went into remission. Uh, neighbors, family, friends got wind of this, came over. We want to hear about this Jesus who heals people and touches and loves people. Another nearly 30 people came to Christ as a result of that. And these are just a few stories. This is happening all the time. It's fun for me. I, I had the joy of telling these stories and, um, and being a part of, of this network of really gifted and, and faithful leaders. Yeah, and we were talking yesterday, sometimes when you're teaching other people things, right? We're teaching things that we have a hard time doing as well. And so the idea of fruitful ministry and stuff, uh, these folks are taking what you're take, uh, telling them and believing it and doing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Jesus heals, let's go heal, right? <laughs> Jesus saves, let's go tell people about it. Um, the other thing I wanted to highlight, uh, so you're working in all these countries, you don't speak 29 languages or anything, right? Uh, last time I checked, no, no only right. 21. No. <laughs> right, and, and so many times, we've been talking about this over these weeks, right? So many times when we feel a nudge of God, our first thing is, I'm not qualified, I don't know how to do this. But God provides what we need. How, how, do you, how are you able to instruct these folks in, in other places, even though you don't speak the language? Uh, by extremely gifted, faithful translators. <laughs> Uh, as you can tell, I talk fast. <laughs> it's, it's my gift, I guess. I don't know. It could be a curse. But every time I go into train, I have to give myself this little self-talk gene, slow down, slow down, slow down. Then I get excited and uh, I'm off to the races. But I've had really wonderful translators who keep up. And, and so I'm just blessed that way. Yeah, I can't. I mean, seriously, I'm speaking in a foreign language to them. Without the translation, I go nowhere. It, 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 it falls short. Yeah. Yeah. Anything God calls you to, he's going to provide the means, right? Yeah. 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 So tell us, uh, go to the next one, Brooklyn. Tell us how how we can support 
your ministry? How, what, are, what are ways that we can join and be even more active partners with y'all? Yeah, so yeah. I was here a year and a half ago. A number of you signed on to receive our newsletter. We don't bore you with a lot of details. We simply usually do a quick video update. Our praise and prayers, uh, there's just two of them each month. And, and just a brief introduction. That, so one way is you can sign up for a newsletter and, and pray for us. Pray for Cambodia, for the establishment of house churches. Pray for Thailand as they've multiplied. They've doubled every year for five years. It's just amazing. It's our fastest growing work. And would you pray for Japan? Um, my wife and I, we, when, our, when the area director of Asia called us and said move to Asia, he was thinking Bangkok, Thailand or somewhere to establish work there. We were thinking Japan. Not only because my wife's from there, she's born there, but we have Japan in our hearts. And uh, we kind of feel like Japan's a Nineveh of sorts. They, they don't know their right hand from their left when it comes to uh, the true creator God, who's a father and sent his son in our place. That is so foreign to them. And, and we just have to step all the way back and talk about um, the creator and who he is, that he's a loving father and he has a son who sent him. Would you pray for Japan? Pray for our neighborhood. And um, so prayer's big. And then, of course, we can't do what we do just as um, I want to celebrate all that's going on here at First Church. It's amazing. I've had the opportunity to hear just the ministry and the outreach that, that you're doing here. You support that because you believe in it. And God is multiplying and, and it's fruitful. Same in Asia. We need co-labors. We need partners to join us. And it doesn't have to be a lot. But, but if you, um, for example, if you partner to sponsor a, a, um, a, a, um, one of our leaders to be trained, that's $25 a month. Every month, 25 bucks a month. And that, that would um, sponsor one, one um, leader all the way through. So those are a few ways in which you can walk alongside us. All right. Thank you. And he'll be out in the, in the welcome center after the service for you to talk to or, or sign up or whatever. But um, just last night, we've been talking about uh, cleaning up, right? And, and putting ourselves in line and, and the renovation that sometimes is painful. Um, uh, share with us when you've had to sort of get yourself in line with God's plans. Every morning, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I don't have time for that. Um, so a little over four years ago, we were pastoring um, a Japanese church, Japanese-American church in, in La the Los Angeles area. And I made the mistake of taking a sabbatical. And I've joked in every service, don't let your pastor take a sabbatical because <laughs> he'll come back saying crazy things. You're like, what is up with him? But what happened was I would part uh, three, about roughly two, three weeks of my sabbatical was going to Southeast Asia to do what I'm doing now with a, a team of others. When I got back one day before I went back to the pastorate, I received an email from the Asia area director and he, he said, Gene, we would love for you to consider to, to, to come to Asia and do what you're doing full time. Now, secretly, when I heard that, I was like, yes. I was so pumped. I got online and I was surfing and, and like dreaming and scheming. Then, then I realized I got to tell my wife. And when I told her, she says, what? <laughs> so, um, and, and we had, you know, lived in, in, in L.A. Air for quite some time. We finally bought our dream home. We, we had made plans. We're going to pastor this church. 
we're going to retire here. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And we had, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men. Um, and we realized we're on separate pages, so we need to pray about this. I guess that's always a good thing when you don't know what to do to pray. So um, we prayed together and we prayed privately. After two weeks, we came back together and um, the Lord had impressed the same exact passage on both of us. And that is um, Isaiah 6, the call of Isaiah. Are you familiar with that, some of you? So um, me, I skip all the way to the part where it says, who will go for us? Whom shall we send? And I raised my hand. Here am I, send me. My wife backed all the way up to where Isaiah is transported in this vision into the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God and all his glory, along with all the holy angels. And Isaiah falls on the ground and says, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. I live amongst a people of unclean lips. So my wife um, felt unqualified unworthy to participate in this work that we were being called to. But then the angel takes the coal off the, uh, off the altar, if you recall, and places it on Isaiah's lips. And that's, the lips are symbolic of the, procl- the tool of proclamation of sharing our testimony. And when the door opens, sharing the gospel message, the good news. And suddenly my wife just had a peace come over her. God has qualified her. God has made her worthy. She'll step out in faith. And I just have to say, my wife's a little deeper than me. (laughs) Okay? So after I heard what she said, I said, okay, that's me too. I want that. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own that. And I own the part where we can link arms and together say, here are we, send us. And so God had to do some kind of preparing our hearts and, and strengthening us and clearing some debris and enabling us to let go of some stuff. Our kids were a big thing. We, we didn't just up and leave then. We, we worked with our kids and we, we um, paced it to where it matched their season in life and it was God's perfect timing for our whole family. And so, I mean, there's sacrifices in that, and it's not been easy. But, um, you know, looking back, would you do it differently? Or do you regret, do you regret um, following that path? Zero regrets. I would not do it differently. Um, in our denomination, the moment you say you're going to the mission field, you're a pastor. They say, okay, uh, have a nice life. That's just the way they do it. At first, I'm like... Wait, that was fast. <laughs> and, you know, you no longer have a church family and you're just kind of, and then you become a salesman because now you have to partnership build and you've never done that before. So we were thrust in this really kind of a scary place. Thankfully, I had a, a, a teaching credential, which I was able to update in California and go teach for a year. God provided, and there was a lot of struggle. Um, but it was preparation for trusting him and not in anything. And so zero regrets, zero. Um, we love, um, though, though God is an American, I'm glad to be born here and hold a passport. And I love the food here. Um, but we know God has a bigger heart. And, and so we're willing from that capacity to go and, and, and participate in this role that he's called us to. Mm. Well, thank you. Well, Gene, we, we appreciate you being here and, and admire what you're doing. Uh, we, I just want to end the time if you would all join me and we can pray 
for their ministry and, and their family and what they're going through. And like I said, after the service, uh, he'll be out in the, in the welcome center. So you can, uh, talk to him there. Um, uh, but, but let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, we thank you for the call you put on each of us. And often, God, it is daunting, and uh, and uh, we we balk at it and 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 wonder if it would be worth it. But over and over again, you show that you are faithful and good. And what a privilege to be able to walk alongside of you. We are thankful for Gina Minori and their their willingness to sacrifice to serve you. And God, for the work that you are doing in Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia, for the leaders that are being raised up, for the churches that are being formed, for the light that's uh, emerging in the midst of darkness, we, we give you thanks. Holy Spirit, swarm over them, uh, ignite their passion once again, uh, raise up even more leaders. We pray for Japan and uh, for for new uh, a new uh, generation of leaders to emerge in those churches as well. But God, our prayer overall is whether it's in Kerrville, Texas, or in Thailand or Cambodia, may your name be glorified and may your kingdom come. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen.